Thanks for joining us for episode three oh my darling, not three times. of We Speak Condo. Today we're picking up right where we left off. We're talking about status certificates, errors or omissions. Uh-oh. What does that mean for you? Welcome to the show. Let's get started. I have a question for you, Ben. Yeah. <clears throat> what happens when a status certificate is provided to a purchaser and there are omissions on that status certificate? Like in this case, they didn't make a comment regarding the possible debt that they had to pay. They didn't make a comment regarding their deficit. And people bought into that and then they got a special assessment, I assume, to cover that $7 million or $5 million expense. Plus the reserve so, fund deficit. Plus, it, yeah. So it could be you know, upwards of that. So who's responsible because it wasn't on the status certificate in that case? And what happens to someone who purchases and then gets hit with this new information they had no idea about? And that, and that was a big problem because they were self-managed. Yeah. Yeah. So there is no secondary property management company that would shoulder that. Which, which begs a further question I'm going to ask you afterwards, so keep it in mind. Does that mean the board is then liable personally? Or are they covered by insurance for the condominium? All right. So what I'm going to do, I, I, I'm going to move a little bit away from, from the example that, that I gave you because there was a lot of other things happening that, that really sort of, to, to answer your question in a way that's helpful to your listeners, there were so many sort of other things at play that it, it's... Of course. It's, and some it, of it's pretty technical it's and technical, some of it is... Exactly. But gen, generally speaking, and this is... Well, well established. If a status certificate doesn't disclose something, so for example, if there's a special assessment coming down the pipe, and a special assessment, yet another term of art, um, uh, I guess so. Quick, quick, quick yeah. uh, interruption here, special okay. assessment. Your, uh, first to understand what an assessment is, um, your monthly maintenance fees, and we hear it all the time, oh, it's my, my maintenance fee, it's my maintenance, no, you, you're not paying a maintenance fee, it's not for your unit, the monthly charge that the corporation uh, bestows upon you and that you, you agree to pay is your common element assessment. So the common elements are all those parts of the condominium that you don't own, that you don't own personally, that aren't part of your unit. And where do we find out what's in your unit? In your declaration. That's another important document to look at because it tells you what you actually do own outright by yourself. And the rest is common element, which you do own with all the other owners in the corporation. And how much of that you own is also indicated in the declaration. Your percentage of ownership is located on a particular schedule in there. So every month you get to pay part of the common element uh, fees, uh, the, the cost uh, involved in running the buildings we mentioned, like keeping the lights on in the hallways, paying for the heated pool, for the, uh, for the uh, concierge service, uh, the security guards, or what have you. All those things that everybody shares in the cost, right? That's your common element assessment. Now, a special assessment is something that where there's an unexpected cost, a major cost to the corporation, which will not be covered by the operating, and maybe not even by the reserve fund. For example, let's say your building needs a new roof, and the roof is going to cost $1.5 million. Well, that's not in the, I'm 
pretty sure that they didn't budget for it. It's a damn nice roof, though. It is a damn nice <laughs> roof. Thank you. Uh huh. Yeah, it might be even a green roof. We see a few of those. However, what you got to do is everybody has to share in the replacement. Otherwise, it's going to cause further and further damage. So that the the board then asks, as the corporation asks the owners to pay a special assessment. All right, where everybody shares that cost for that particular item. Exactly. So, if and if there's a going to be a special assessment, it has to be shown in in the status certificate. Now, if the, st the special assessment is not shown in the status, this certificate, is even if they're thinking about it. Even in if the they're future, thinking about it, they're thinking. You know shown. what? There's a there's this possibility that we're going to have to raise a million bucks, and that's going to be divided among the owners. Um, consistent with their ownership interest in the common elements as set out in the declaration. So even if the condo is thinking about it, it's a, it's a possibility, it has to go in the status certificate. Now, to Nicholas's question, if it's not in there and a person orders a status certificate and then buys into their unit, that owner actually gets a windfall. That owner, ka-ching, ka -ching, that owner, is not responsible for that assessment. Now, there's case law out there that says that that's not forever and all, it doesn't go forever and ever, but you know, at least for, for the year in which the uh, status certificate. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. up until at least the next the, 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 the next budget, yeah. exactly. So um, so yeah, the, the owner is, is not responsible for it um, if it's not in the status certificate. Uh, I, I had a situation of building I was managing where uh, the status certificate was issued and two numbers were juxtaposed, uh, reversed, on, on the uh, monthly common element assessment. Now, fortunately, uh, uh, to, the, to the, uh, the purchaser's benefit, uh, they were going to pay uh, $449 instead of $494. So the last two numbers were, so there's an example of a windfall. The corporation had to, had to in essence, uh, Take care of that, take, that shortfall. Yeah. When there is a windfall, though, what happens, like, especially if it's a special assessment, it's a very big amount. And in this particular case, I don't really want to shy away from this specific condo, but let's say that there is a condo out there, has 100 units, it's sold three or four of those units in the last year. All of the status certificates say nothing about a special assessment, and yet they've got a special assessment for a million bucks. So let's say those three units now, they don't have to pay anything because there was an error on the status. Who picks up the tab? The other owners pick up the tab. So the, where if that, if you know, if you have a hundred owners and um, the hundred owners all share, let's just say it's a million dollar special assessment. So the hundred owners would share the million dollar special assessment. The status certificate goes out to these four purchasers um, it didn't show the special assessment. Those four purchasers get a windfall. That doesn't mean that the million dollar special assessment, that the amount of the special assessment is less. It just means that 96 owners share a million bucks instead of 100 owners sharing a million bucks. So in other words, it's absolutely critical that your status certificate be accurate, be accurate and disclose every accurate, possible thing. Thorough and uh, Concise. Uh, absolutely. And it's equally as important as a purchaser that you look at that document yourself. I found when I was buying my first condo, it was interesting because I work in the industry. I know what to look for. And I know that it's very important that you see your status certificate before you purchase your unit. 
but I had asked my lawyer, I'd like to see the status certificate. And she says to me, I don't, why do you need to see the status certificate? I don't need to show you that. I said, excuse me. Wow. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Right. So I had got a new lawyer, but <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. But it was very important because if I, I didn't know what I was buying into too, you don't get a sense of really what the building is going to be until you see those documents, until you move in, you might get a sense of, oh, it's very nice maintained. It's clean. It looks like it's professionally run. I hear good things about this building on the internet, but you really have no sense of what the building is going to be like until you start living there or you have a little bit of background, or you can even engage in a dialogue with your lawyer to say, let me look at the status certificate. Let me see if there's anything about a special assessment. Let me see what it says about the finance of the corporation, and then ask questions. Don't just say, oh, my lawyer says it's fine, no problem, because buying a home, whether it's a condo, whether it's a freehold, whether it's a townhouse condo, whatever it is, it's a big investment, and you should really take that very seriously, even if you have outside help, because Sometimes a lawyer will miss something on the status certificates. It's happened before, and then it comes yeah, a whole different conversation. Yes. <laughs> so what, yeah. hap what happens if, if a lawyer misses something on a status certificate? You know, sometimes there may be issues that's on the status. You know, insurance. That's that's why that's why we we are required to uh, to carry insurance. And if the lawyer misses something, the, it, it's possible that the lawyer may have been negligent. And if someone is negligent and you suffer damage because of that negligence, um, maybe you ought to look to your lawyer and look to their, uh, their professional liability insurance. Yeah. You heard it there. You can sue your lawyer. But does that mean you have to get a lawyer to sue your lawyer? It helps. Okay. It helps, yeah. <laughs> well, we won't you say just, that you, you gave us that advice yeah, then. You see no. how it all works. But. Well, the, if this were a video, we could blank out his eyes with that, that black bar <laughs> right across yeah, there. And maybe change my voice. There too, you right? go. Maybe change my voice. You know, just before we move on too, I'll suggest something. Another use of a status certificate to help with things that might not be in the status certificate. So, and that comes to when there's changes or alterations to, to a unit. The dreaded section 98. The section 98. Here we go, folks. Here we go. So you understand uh, the common term we use is called a section 98 agreement because Section 98 of the uh, Condo Act d details what's involved in changing the common elements of your unit. So again, like Ben said, if we have a, uh, if you're going to put a satellite dish on your balcony on the wall, the wall belongs to the corporation. So you need to enter into an agreement with the corporation, A, to get permission to do it, B, the agreement outlines who's responsible for the repair and maintenance, and what happens if it affects any of the other units or other common elements. So that's a legal document. Again, it has to be prepared by a lawyer, lo and behold. And uh, we have that you have to uh, have that, any changes to that, uh, to your unit, have to be registered on title, all right? Exactly, so if there are any such agreements, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but if there's any such agreements, they need to be disclosed in, in the status certificate. Now, what the status certificate technically does not have to disclose are things that aren't Section 98 agreements, but for example, if someone has made a change inside their unit, and, and this might get a little technical, but the declaration will generally say, for example, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to make structural changes 
within your unit. Well, you know what? Sometimes people make structural changes within their, their units. They want the open concept. Hey, they, that's that's my wall. I can take it down. It I doesn't can, affect anybody I, else. I, I can take it down, but but it, it the declaration may say, listen, you can't do that. Now, the condominium corporation has a duty. It's legally obligated to enforce the declaration. So if the condominium corporation finds out that you remove that wall and you were supposed to get approval and it wasn't something that the corporation would approve, the corporation is legally obligated to make you put the wall back. Repair so, and maintain and... Yeah. Precisely. So, so the question becomes is what if somebody's removed a wall and they sell a unit and a new purchaser comes in and they buy this unit. Now, it's not a common element alteration, so it's not going to be a Section 98 agreement. Right. Um, but there's something changed within the unit. Well, how does the incoming purchaser know? How do they use the status certificate to evaluate whether there might be some responsibility? Well, they have the declaration included in the status certificate. So they should have a look at it. They should have an idea of what the boundaries of the unit are. Under their agreement of purchase and sale, there will be an opportunity for them to go in and view the unit before they buy it. And so my recommendation to all purchasers out there, get your lawyer, number one, look at the status certificate yourself, read the declaration, get your lawyer to tell you about it. And then when you go in and look at the unit, there's gonna be, it's an exciting time, you're purchasing, it's, you know, you're looking at the finishes and how does this look and where does the view look and where's everything, but have a look at the layout of the unit. So you and need I, a floor plan. You need a, a need a floor plan. A are, are, are there any things that sort of look look off here? Because that might signal to you that there might be something uh, amiss. Now, if the board knows about such a change, if they know about it, and if they know that now now, now yeah. how do we discern they know about it? Okay, it, it's it's purely a question of fact, and and it's generally. When these, when these cases get fought about, whether or not the condo knows about it, it's, it's always backward looking. And that now, means we've got to look in the minutes. It, it, exactly. So, you know... Um, oh, hold on, folks. Just oh, another exactly. term. I was going yeah. yeah. to prompt you. Yeah, I was, uh, Nicholas was looking at me here like, oh, here's another one. Uh, minutes. What are minutes? Well, um, the board is required to conduct meetings for the business of the corporation. The schedule is not precisely defined. It can be defined in your declaration or not. But most condominium corporations have monthly meetings of the board of directors. Each one of those board of uh, each one of those uh, meetings, they're required to keep minutes, just like any corporation keeps minutes. Uh, Non-condo uh, non corporations, they keep a record of what was discussed, votes that are taken on issues or things that have to be done. For example. If there is a, uh, an item that has to be purchased for the corporation, what happens? The property manager will bring a report and say, hey, I have three quotes for this new tractor. Uh, and uh, guys, will you please pick which one it is? Like, uh, we'll recommend that this, this tractor should be purchased for, say, $4,000. And the vote uh, is taken amongst the, uh, uh, the board. Uh, they also will vote on issues of procedure and policy that all these things will be recorded. Uh, even correspondence from you, the owners. If you have an issue that has to be brought before the board, it'll be brought up in the board meeting and there will be a written record for eternity. Precisely, so 
this kind of situation can fall out in a couple of ways. Say somebody's made, and we're just using the example of a change within their unit that's contrary to the declaration, and the board doesn't know about it. So there's no mention of it in the status certificate. The purchaser buys in. Later on, the board finds out about it. Later on. After the fact. After the fact. Can the board then say to this new purchaser coming in who didn't inspect the unit with the declaration in their hand and check to see whether everything was on the up and up, can the board say to that purchaser, listen, we just found out about this and we need you to pay to put back the wall. Can the board say that? Yes. So the purchaser who looks at the status certificate and doesn't inspect their unit does so at their own risk. If the board knows about it, for some reason, and they've gone in and they said, oh, uh, Mr. So-and-so has removed the structural wall we, five, years ago. five years ago, but we found out it's contrary to the declaration. We're legally obligated to enforce the declaration. We're going to have to get Mr. So-and-so to put back that wall, and he's going to have to do it at his own cost. And then the corporation gets, Mr. So-and-so is going to sell his unit. The corporation gets a request for a status certificate. And so what they'll do is there's a section in the status certificate that says, is, are there any circumstances that might uh, lead to an increase in the common expenses for the unit? And if the condo knows that that structural wall needs to be put back, that Mr. So-and-so is gonna be on the hook for it, the condo should make sure that that is put in the status certificate and said, yes, we see that there's a structural wall that has been removed. It's gonna cost X number of dollars to, 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 uh, re, re, to put back. And so that could be added to the common expenses for the unit. So the purchaser coming in knows that, okay, I'm buying into that liability. And in the real world, they can do make whatever arrangements they might want to make with the vendor. For example, they say either put back the structural wall before I buy, or we'll hold back a certain amount out of the closing proceeds to make sure that I can build the structural wall. Um, then there's a third, then there's a third thing that could happen is that the board knows the structural wall is gone. They know that Mr. So-and-so uh, should put it back at his cost, but they don't disclose it in the status certificate, and then you buy. Do you have to pay to put back the structural wall? If you can show that the board knew, no. The board has to. The board so that's like tacit authorization. Precisely. That, yes, we know that this is the way the situation is. You buying the unit, enjoy it. Exactly. Right. Interesting. Well, folks, you heard it. Read the status certificate. That seems to be, especially when you're buying, that is the be-all and end-all, the most important document that you're going to receive that you need to know and or have a really, really good lawyer that understands this and will guide you through the dark and murky forest of purchasing a contract. find this or any episode of We Speak Condo interesting or informative, please subscribe to the podcast by visiting our website, www.citysitesmanagement.com. If you want to have your questions answered, email us. We'll be responding to your love letters or hate mail every week. Thanks for listening.